Ihya Ulamaddin by Imam Ghazali Book of Knowledge, Part 4 What the Prophet said from the first to the last is a subject of certain faith. Yaqeen is a work of special marfat. These matters pertain to Sharia and I am mentioning some of these matters which are the roots of certain faith, that is Yaqeen. Tawheed this is to believe firmly that all things come from the cause of all causes with no attention to the secondary cause but to the first cause. It is not to look to the means or the people in the middle but to the original and primary cause. It is that all causes come from God and that everything is within his control and power. It is that everything is subject to God's will and nothing has got a will of its own. If one has got sure faith in this Tawheed, his wrath on others, hatred for others and jealousy for others will vanish away and he and God will remain supreme in his mind. Then to him the means or intermediaries become like a hand and a pen. He who does not express gratefulness to the hand and the pen as he considers them as weapons and means. This certain faith is the highest in rank. Then he understands that sun, moon, stars, animals, plants and all creatures are subject to God's order and that the pen moves under the control of the writer who moves them. Number 2. From this faith that God provides every man with sustenance grows strong, God says there is no moving animal in, in the earth whose provision is not upon God. He believes that what has been preordained for him must come to pass. The result of this certain faith is that there will be no regret for anything that he loses. Number three, then he believes firmly in the following verse, quote, Whoever does an atom's weight of good will find it, and whoever does an atom's weight of evil will find it. That is the faith of reward and punishment, as there is a connection of bread with satisfaction of the stomach, and punishment with sins or poison with the loss of life, so he finds connection of good deeds with rewards and of evil deeds with punishment. As there is greed to satisfy hunger, whether its quantity is large or small, so he strives to do all acts of worship, whether few or many. Just as man avoids poison regardless of the quantity, so a man avoids sin which is small or large. Belief in its first meaning is found among believers, while certain belief of the second meaning is found only in the favorite people of God. The stronger the faith, the stronger is the carefulness and the more are the religious actions. Fourthly, he believes that God watches him all, this, all the time and under all circumstances and sees his currents of thoughts in mind and machinations of the devil. This certain faith is in accordance with the first interpretation. The objective is noble according to the second interpretation as it is the faith of a Siddiq. In this case, he observes all the etiquettes in loneliness as he observes them before an emperor. For this reason, he makes his heart more pure and clean than his body. In this condition, shame, fear, humility, peace, modesty and all other praiseworthy qualities appear in him so certain is the root of his faith and its branches are many. 
9. Another sign of a learned man of the next world is that he becomes humble and adopts silence. The effect of God-fear appears on his body, his dress, character, movement, speech and silence. If any man looks at him, it reminds him of God and his nature and the character are proof of his actions. His eye is a mirror of his mind. The signs of a learned man of the hereafter are recognized in his face. Tranquility, modesty and freedom from pride and vanity. A certain wise man said, God has not given a man with a garment better than the garment of God-fear. It is this, it is the garment of the prophets, the siddiq, the peers and the learned men. Sage Sahal Tastari divided the learned into three classes of people. One class are those who are well acquainted with the commands of God but not the punishments of God. They are examined by lawful and unlawful things. Such kind of learning is God-fear which cannot be inherited. Another class are those who have got the knowledge of the commands of God and His punishments and they are ordinary believers. Another class are those who have knowledge of God, His commands and His punishments. They are the Siddiq and the God-fearing and humility becomes strong in their minds. Omar ibn al-Khattab said, Acquire knowledge and therefore acquire tranquility, gravity and patience. Humble yourselves before your teacher and let your students do the same before you. Be not amongst the proud learned men, except your knowledge encourages ignorance. There is in a tradition, there are such good men among my followers who rejoice getting the mercy of God and weep secretly for the fear of God's punishment. Their soul in the earth, but their wisdom is in the hereafter. They walk with modesty and come close to God through the means of God, God's gave. Hazrat Hassan al-Basri said, quote, Patience is the wiser of knowledge, and kindness its father, and humility its garment. Bashar bin Haris said, If a man seeks to rule by knowledge, the nearness of God keeps enmity with him. As he is detested both in the heaven and earth, there is a story of certain wise man of Banu Israel composed 360 books on wisdom for which he was called Hakim, that is wise. God then revealed to his prophet, Tell so and so, the earth has become full of your hypocrisy and you have not sought my pleasure therein. So I accept nothing from all these books. The man became repentant and gave it up. He began to mix with the people and roamed in the street, befriending all the children of Israel, and he humiliated himself. God then revealed to his prophet, Tell him, Now you have earned my pleasure. It has been narrated that the prophet was asked, O prophet of God, which action is the best? He said, To avoid evil and to make your tongue wet with the remembrance of God. He was asked, Which companion is the best? He said, the companion who helps you when you remember God and reminds you when you forget. He was asked, which companion is the worst? He replied, the companion who does not remind you when you forget. If you remember, he does not help you. He was asked, which is the most learned man amongst the people? He replied, the most learned man among them is the one who fears God the most. He was asked, inform us about the best men amongst us so that we may keep company with them. The Prophet said, Those who remind you of God whenever they are seen, 
he was asked, who are the worst amongst people? He said, O God, I seek your pardon. They said, tell us, O messenger of God. He said, the corrupt learned men. The prophet said, those who have been the most God-fearing in the world will be the most secure in the hereafter. Those who have wept much in this world will laugh most in the hereafter. Those who have suffered most in this world will be the happiest in the hereafter. Hazrat Ali said in his sermon, This is my responsibility and I am pledging for the following. The crops of nobody will wither if they are planted with piety. The roots of no tree will get thirsty if they are raised with righteousness. The most ignorant man is, the, is he who knows not the honor of God-fear. The worst man of God is the one who gathers knowledge from every quarter and re yet remains covered in the darkness of trials. The worst man calls such a ma learned such a man a learned man while he has not lived a single day in his learning he gets up in the morning from sleep and searches to increase his wealth he goes after greater knowledge little knowing that little knowledge of the right kind is better than great knowledge which distracts a person from god he lives in doubts and skepticism like living in a spider's web and does never know whether he committed a mistake or not Hazrat Ali continued and said, When you hear the word of knowledge, remain silent and don't mix with frivolous talk. It will yield no fruit. Someone said, if a teacher possesses three qualities, gift, become perfect on a student, patience, humility and good conduct. When a student possesses three qualities, gifts become perfect on a teacher, intelligence, good manners and keen understanding. In short, the qualities which the Qur'an mentions are found in learned men of the hereafter as they learn the Qur'an for the actions and not to acquire name, fame, power and prestige. A certain wise man said, Five qualities inferred from the five verses of the Qur'an are the signs of the learned man of the hereafter, God-fear, humility, modesty, good conduct and love for the hereafter, more than that of the world which is asceticism. Fear of God is based on the following verse, quote, Of his servants, the learned fear God the most. Quran 35.25 Humility is based on the following verse, quote, They are humble to God and they barter not his verses for a small price. 3.198 Modesty is based on the following verse, And lower your wing for the believers. 15.88 Good conduct is based on the following verse, you have become gentle to them on account of the mercy of God. 3. 153 Asceticism is based on the following verse, quote, But they to whom knowledge has been given said, Woe to you, the reward of God is better for one who believes and does good deeds. 28.80 When the Prophet read this verse, quote, If God wishes to guide anyone, he expands his breast for Islam. 6. 125 he was asked as the meaning of the expansion of the breast and he said, This is the light. When it is cast into the heart, it expands. He was asked, Has it got any sign? The Prophet said, Yes, to separate from this world of deceit, to turn to the hereafter and to prepare for your death before it actually comes. The tenth sign. 
Another sign of the learned man of the hereafter is that he studies the learning of practice and avoids such learnings that destroy actions that keep the mind anxious and provoke evils. The root of religion is to be careful of evil deeds. For this reason, a poet said, I have not known evil for evil's sake. I have not known it but to live. He who is ignorant of evil of men falls onto it, although he is wise. Hassan al-Basri was the man whose words had the greatest similarity to that of the Prophet and whose life nearest to those of his companions. He was asked, O Abu Sa'id, you utter such words which nobody knows except you. Wherefrom have you got them? He said, From Huzaifa. Huzaifa was asked, You utter such words which no companion heard except you. Wherever have, where have you got them from? He, was, he said, From the Messenger of God. He was also asked about good deeds, but I used to ask him about evil deeds so that I may not fall in it. The companions were wont to ask the Prophet, O Messenger of God, what are the rewards of the one who does such and such good deeds? I used to ask him, O Messenger of God, what corrupt deeds and what are the punishments? O so Hazrat Huzaifa had special knowledge about hypocrisy, hypocrites, and the subtleties of danger and difficulties. The natural way of the actions of the learned men of the hereafter is to make effort about the different conditions of the heart, but this knowledge is now very rare. Whenever anything of it is presented to a learned man, he expresses wonder at it and says this is deception from the one who, be who believes sermons. A poet said, quote, The true path is one out of many paths. Very few are sojourners to this path. Their goal is obscure, they are unknown. Slowly and steadily they march to their destination. People are indifferent to their goal. Ignorant also are they to the true path. It has been said that at Basra there were 120 men of scholastic theology regarding speech and zikr, but there were only three men regarding the knowledge of yaqeen or certain faith and the conditions of the soul and secret attributes. They were Sahal Tastari, Shoibi, and Abdurrahman. Eleventh sign. Another sign of the learned man of the next world is that he relies on his insight and knowledge which enlightens his heart and not on books and what he learns from these books. His object of following is what the lawgiver said and enjoined. The companions believed blindly what they heard from the prophet and they put it into practice. He from whose soul screen has been removed and whose soul has been illuminated with the light of guidance is an object to be followed and he does not follow others besides himself. For this reason, Ibn Abbas said, there is nobody except for the prophet of God whose knowledge is not sometimes followed and sometimes rejected. One saint said, we placed in our hearts and in our eyes what we received from the Prophet. We accepted something of what came from the companions and rejected something. Their successors were men like ourselves. The companions were superior because they saw the circumstances under which the Prophet lived and saw with their own eyes the revelations of the Quran and hence their rank is higher as their mind 
were imbued with it. The light of prophethood was so strong on them that it saved them from many sins. They were not satisfied with the words of others. Their minds were distant from the books and manuscripts which were not in vague in their times and nor in the times of their successors. These books were compiled first about 120 Hijra after the death of the companions and some of their successors, especially the death of Hazrat Sa'id bin Musayyab, Hassan al-Basri and other pious successors. Hazrat Abu Bakr and one party of the companions did not collect even the Quran in a book form for the fear that people would not commit the Quran to memory and lest the people depend only on this writing. Then, Hazrat Umar and some other companions gave the advice to put it in writing. Thus, Abu Bakr had the Quran collected in one book. Ahmad bin Hanbal was critical of Malik for his composition of Al-Muwatta and said, he has done what the companions did not do. It has been said that the first books in Islam were written by Ibn Jure on dialects of the Quran and historical sayings based on what he heard from Mujahid, Ata, and the students of Ibn Abbas at Makkah. Then Mu'mar bin Rashid composed the book in Yemen on the traditions and the usages of the Prophet. Then came the book Muatha of Imam Malik and Jame of Sufyan Saori. Then the 4th century, many books on scholastic theology and argumentation were written. When the people were inclined to these books, Yaqeen began to diminish. Thereafter, the science of heart, research into its qualities of the soul, and the learning of safety from the stratum of evil of the devil began to disappear. Thus, it became the custom to call the scholastic theologians and storytellers who embellished their words with ornamentation and prose, thus the learning of the next world began to decrease. The twelfth sign. Another sign of the learned man of the next world is that he saves himself from innovations, that is bidha, even though the people are unanimous on innovations. He is rather diligent in studying the conditions of the companions, their conduct and characters and their deeds. They spent their lives in jihad, meditation, avoiding major and minor sins, observation of their outer conduct and inner self. But the greater object of thought of the learned men of the present time is to teach, to write books, to make argumentation, to give fatwas, to become motawalli of waq estates, enjoy the properties of orphans and frequent the rulers and enjoy the company of the rulers. Hazrat Ali said, the best of us is one who follows the religion. In short, if you follow the companions of the Prophet of God, no blame will attach you, even if you act in opposition to the people of this age. Hazrat Hassan al-Basri said, two innovators have appeared in Islam, a man of bad judgment who holds that paradise is for those whose judgment is like mine and a rich man who loves this world and searches for this world. Reject these two people. God saved the learned men of the next world from these two kinds of people. The Prophet said, Word and guidance act two matters. The best word is the word of God and the best guidance is the guidance of the Prophet. Be aware of innovation because it is the worst thing. Every innovation is hearsay and every hearsay is a sin. Be aware, don't think that the end will be delayed. Your hearts may become hard. Whatever is ordained is impending. Be aware what has passed will never return. 
The prophet said in a sermon, Blessed is he whose concern for his own faults keeps him away from finding the faults of others, who spends out his lawful earnings, keeps company with the theologians and the wise, and spawns the sinners and the wicked people. Blessed is he who humbles himself, makes his conduct refined, his heart good, and does not harm people. Blessed is he who acts upon his knowledge, spends his surplus wealth, abstains from superfluous talks, follows the sunnah and does not introduce innovations. Ibn Masood used to say, In the latter days, good guidance will be better than many actions. He also said, You are now in an age when the best of you is the one who is quick in doing deeds, but soon there will be an age when the best of you will be the one who is firm in faith and will remain silent to ward off doubt. Hazrat Huzaifa said in a wonderful saying, Your good deeds of this age are evil deeds of the past age, and the evil deeds of this age will be considered as good deeds of the next age. You will be in good deeds till you know the truth. The learned men amongst you will not conceal the truth. He said the truth becomes most of the good deeds of this age were reprehensible at the time of the companions. The good deeds of our age is the embellishment of the mosque, excesses in ablution and bath, huge expenses in the constructions of buildings for mosque, spreading of soft rugs in mosques. The early Muslims seldom placed anything for their prayer. Hazrat ibn Mas'ud truly said, you are living in an age when passion is harnessed by knowledge, but soon there will be coming a time wherein passion will have priority over knowledge. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal used to say, People have discarded knowledge and followed strange things. How little is their learning? God is our helper. Imam Malik said, In the past times, people were not in the habit of questioning as they did, as they do nowadays, and their learned men did never such a thing which is not lawful and such a thing is lawful. The question of unlawfulness never arose during their time as their condemnation of the unlawful things was clearly open. Abu Suleiman Darani said, Nobody who got any inspiration for something good should attempt to do it unless it is conformed by the tradition. Let him then praise God for that he has put it in his mind. Then Khalifa Marwan introduced the custom of a pulpit in the Eid prayer. Hazrat Said Khudri said to him, O Marwan, is this not an innovation? He said, it is not an innovation, it is better than what you know. Many people assemble there, I wish that my sound should reach them. He said, by God, you don't know better than what I know. By God, I will not pray today behind you. He declined to even pray behind him, saying that the Prophet used to stand with a stick in his hand at the time of Eid prayer and deliver sermons. There is a well-known hadith that says, Whoever introduces such an innovation in our religion, which is not there, is an evil man. There is another hadith, The curse of God, the angels and all people is upon one who deceives our people. He was asked, O prophet of God, what is deception of our people? He said, God has an angel which proclaims every day saying, He who oppresses the religion by introducing an innovation in opposition to the practices of the prophet in relation to one who commits it is like a man who changes the reign of a king in relation to one who 
opposes his particular order. The latter crime can be forgiven, but there is no pardon for the one who changes the entire government. A certain learned man said, Truth is heavy, he who increases it transgresses, and he who deceives it fails, and he who keeps attached to it is satisfied. The Prophet said, Adopt the middle course, he who goes in advance retards it, and he who remains behind advances. God says, Avoid those who make their religion a sport and a pastime. 669, he says, Have you seen one who considers his evil as good and it appears to him all right? What has been introduced as innovation after the companions and what is unnecessary pertain to sport and pastime? These were twelve signs of the learned men of the next world and every quality was found in the learned men of the early ages be therefore one of the two, either be imbibed with these attributes or be repentant after admitting your sins and faults, but never be the third one as in the case doubt will arise in your mind if you take the weapons of the world in lieu of religion, follow the conduct of the transgressors and you will take to ignorance and refusal of faith, you will reside with those who are doomed to destruction and despair. Section 7. Intellect and its noble nature. The noble nature of knowledge has been revealed through intellect. Intellect is the source and fountainhead of knowledge and its foundation. Knowledge is like the fruit of a tree and it flows from the intellect and like the light of the sun or like the vision of the eye. Why should it not be honoured when the cause of fortune in this world and the next? What is there to distinguish between beasts and men except for intellect? When the ferocious beast which has got more strength than a man fears a man at seeing him as it knows that he may put a snare on account of his intellect. For this reason the Prophet said, just as the ranks of the Prophet upon his followers, so is the rank of an old man over his people. This is not for wealth, or his long body, or his great strength, but his experiences that have grown out of intellect. For this reason you will find ignorant near quadrupeds, and they were about to kill the Prophet. When they saw this noble countenance, they feared him, and they shone on their face the brilliance of prophethood, although it has it was latent in his soul in the same manner as intellect. My object is to show the honor of intellect from the Quran and the Hadith. Intellect has been termed as nur or light in the following verse, quote, God is the light of the heavens and the earth, his light is like a niche, etc. twenty four thirty five. He named benefiting learning arising therefrom as spirit revelations of life. God said, Thus I have revealed to you spirit by my command. 42.5 God said, Have I not given life to one dead and have I not created light for them with the help of which he can mix with the people? 6.122 Whenever God mentioned about light and darkness, he meant knowledge and ignorance. God said, he will take them from darkness into light. 518. 
The Prophet said, O people, acquire knowledge from your Lord and advise one another with intellect. Know that you have been enjoined and what you have been prohibited. Join and know that intellect will give you rank to over your learning. Know that intelligent man is he who obeys God. Although his face is ugly, his body is small, his rank is low and he may look shabby. An ignorant man is one who deceives God. Although his, although his appearance is beautiful, his body is long, his conduct is good and his speech is fluent. He who disobeys God is no more intelligent than an ape or a pig. Don't mix with them those who have received honor for love of this world as they are doomed. The prophet said the first thing God created is intellect. He said to intellect, come near and it came near. Then he said to it, go back and it went back. The God said, by my honor and glory, I have created nothing in my sight more honorable than you. Through you I take and through you I give. Through you I give reward and through you I will punish. Once a party of men were praising a man before the Prophet and praised him excessively. The Prophet said, how is his intellect? They said, we shall inform you about, inform you after seeking his diligence in prayer and other good deeds. Why do you ask us about his intellect? The Prophet said, the ignorance of an ignorant man is more harmful than the transgressions of a sinner. On the day of resurrection, a man will be raised to the rank of nearness to God in proportion to his intellect. The Prophet said, nobody earns a better thing than intellect. It shows him path towards guidance and saves him from destruction. The intellect of a man does not become perfect and his religion firm till his faith does not become perfect. The Prophet said, a man acquires the rank of praying all night and fasting all day through good conduct. The good conduct of a man does not become perfect till his intellect is not complete. And when his intellect becomes perfect, he obeys God and disobeys the enemies of the devil. The prophet said, Everything has the root and the root of a believer is intellect and his divine service will be in proportion to his intellect. Have you not heard the words of the sinner in hell? Had we heard and understood, we would not have been the inmates of hell. Hazrat Umar said, asked Tamim Dari, What is the supreme authority amongst you? He said, Intellect. He said, Have you spoken the truth? I had asked the Prophet as I had asked you, and he replied as you have replied. When the Prophet said, I asked Jibreel what is the main thing, Jibreel said, intellect. Hazrat Bara bin Azeb said, I asked many things of the Prophet. He said, O people, for everything there is a mainstay and the mainstay of man is intellect. He who amongst you learns a thing by proof and argument is the best in intellect amongst you. Hazrat Abu Huraira said, when the Prophet returned from Uhud, he heard him saying, so and so is such and such. The Prophet then said, you have got no knowledge about these people. They asked, O Prophet of God, how? He said, Each man has got a rank according to intellect God has given him. Their victory and their hope were in proportion to their intellect, so they reached to different ranks. On the day of resurrection, they will get those ranks according to their intentions and their intellect. The Prophet had also said, 
angels have been earnest and diligent in their obedience to God through their intellect, while the believers among the children of Adam have endowed to have that effect in proportion to their intellect. He who is more earnest in obedience to God's commandments is greater in intellect. Hazrat Aisha asked, O Prophet of God, for what thing do people in the world get excellence over one another? He said, for intellect. I asked, in the next world? He said, for intellect. I asked him, will they not get their reward in proportion to their actions? The Prophet said, O Aisha, do they act except in proportion to their intellect? Their actions will be in proportion to their intellect and they will get reward in proportion to their actions. The Prophet said, Everything has got a weapon and the weapon of a believer is his intellect. Everything has got a mainstay and the mainstay of a man is his intellect. Everything has got a support and the support of religion is intellect. Every people have got a goal and the goal of this people is intellect. Every people have got a missionary and the missionary of the worshippers is intellect. Every merchant has got merchandise and the merchandise of the diligent is intellect. Every amity has got a permanent house and the basis of the house of Siddiqs is intellect. Everything has got a basis and the basis of the next world is intellect. Every man has got an offspring to whom he is created and mentioned and the offspring of the Siddiq to which he they are ascribed and mentioned is intellect. Each journey has a tent for shelter and the tent of shelter of a believer is his intellect. The Prophet said, He who is greatest in intellect amongst you is the most dearful to God and the greatest observant of what has been ordered and prohibited even though he does not do much optional worship amongst you. The Prophet said, The believer he who is most loved by God is he whose sole goal is to obey the commandments of God, to admonish his servants, to complete his intellect and to admonish himself. He who according to that for a few days of his life gets success and salvation. Truth about intellect and its division. Intellect is a word which has got four meanings. The first meaning. It is an attribute for which man can be distinguished from animals. It shows the path to theoretical learnings on the mastering the abstract disciples and the disciplines. Haris bin Asad said, In defining intellect, that is the most natural attribute by which theoretical sciences are grasped and understood, it is like a light which falls in the heart and helps it to understand things. He who denies this meaning and limits intellect to understand only the necessary sciences is wrong, as he who is indifferent to the sciences and he who is asleep are both classed by him in the same rank. They have got this instinct, though they are not learned. Such just a life in them helps them to move their bodies at sweet will, so also intellect is so much intermingled with some men that it helps them towards the acquisition of learnings and theoretical knowledge. Had it been possible that the natural intellect, sensations and the power of understanding of a man and a donkey are equal with no difference, then it would have been possible for a donkey and a lifeless thing are equal regarding life with no difference. Just as according to natural law, 
a donkey has been helped with life, so according to natural law, a man and a beast have been differentiated in the matter of theoretical learnings by intellect. Intellect is like a mirror which can be differentiated from other things having bodies by their special attribute according to form and color. This special attribute is polisher. The forehead can be differentiated from the eye as it has not been given the special quality of sight as in the case of the eye. As there is a connection of the eye with the sight, so also there is a connection of this natural quality of intellect with learning. Just there is a connection of sun rays with sight, so there is a connection of sharia with the intellect with the view to express and spread learning. The second meaning. According to this meaning, intellect is wisdom which appears even in childhood as a body knows by instinct that two is greater than one and that an individual cannot remain in two different places at the same time and that a lawful thing is not the same as an unlawful thing. Number three, the third meaning. Intellect means according to this knowledge acquired through experience. He, thus he who laughs by experience and is schooled by time is called a man of intellect and he who lacks these qualifications is called an ignorant. Fourth meaning, when the super, when the natural power of a man reaches such a point by which he can know the result of actions and for which the present pleasure of sexual passion is controlled, it is said that he has got intellect, such a man is called an intelligent man, such a man acts not by the dictates of passion by the but by the ultimate result of an action. The first meaning of intellect is its base and fountainhead. The second meaning is its branch near the first meaning. And the third meaning is the branch of the first and the second meanings. The fourth meaning is the ultimate result of intellect and the distant goal of intellect. The first two arise as natural causes and the later two are acquired through knowledge and experience. Hazrat Ali said, Knowledge is of two kinds, natural and acquired. Acquired knowledge is useless without natural, just as the light of the sun rendered useless when the light of the eyes is closed. The first meaning is understood from the following hadith. The Prophet said, God has not created anything more honorable than intellect. The fourth meaning is understood from the following hadith. When a man comes close to the doors of religion and good deeds, he comes close to intellect. The Prophet said to Abu Darda, increase intellect, then your nearness to God will increase. Abu Darda said, may my parents be sacrificed to you. How will, be, how will it be in my case? The Prophet said, Avoid illegal things prohibited by God. Fulfill the obligatory duties ordered by God. You will then become a man of intellect. Do good deeds. Your honor and fame will increase in this world and you will get and gain for that proximity to your Lord and honor in the next world. Hazrat Abu Huraira and other went to the Prophet and said, O Prophet of God, who is the most learned of men? He said, The wise. They asked, Who is the best worshipper amongst men? He said, The wise. They asked him, Who is the most excellent of men? He said, The wise. They asked him, Is it not he 
the wise man who is the best in conduct, whose eloquence is well known, whose hand is full of charity and whose rank is exalted, the prophet said, These are the treasures of the life of the world, but the hereafter is for the people who fear God. The wise man is fearing God, though he is abject and despised in this world. The prophet said, The wise man is he who believes in God, believes in his prophets as true, and obeys God's commandments. It appears from this that intellect is the name of natural instinct. It is, however, applied to knowledge as a thing is known by its fruits. A learned man is one who fears God, as fear of God is the fruit of learning. Thus the word intellect, if applied to any fruit, becomes like a natural attribute. Knowledge does not come from the outside. It lies under intellect as a natural course. It is like water hidden in the earth. If a well is dug, the water comes out and no new thing is poured over it. Similarly, there is oil latent in almond seeds and in roses. To this effect, God says, when your Lord took out the progeny from the children of Adam from their backs and then took witness, am I not your Lord? They all said yes. 7171 of the Quran. This means confession of their souls, not verbal promise by their tongue. God says about this matter, if you ask them who created you, they will answer God. 4387. In other words, their souls will bear witness about it. God says, The natural religion of God upon which he created men. 3029. In other words, the natural religion of every man is upon a thing that he should have faith in one God and know the natural attribute of each thing. In other words, this attribute is latent in him, so Iman and faith is hidden in the heart of every man. Viewed from this angle, men are of two kinds. To one kind of men, Imam and the faith was presented, but they forgot it and they were unbelievers. And to another kind of men who cultivated their souls and they remembered it, these people are like those who forgot a thing after remembering it and afterwards it was reminded to them. God says for this, so that they may remember you, 14 Surah of the Quran, that those with understanding may remember, 38.28, remember the gift of God upon you and your covenant with him. Quran 5.10 I have made the Quran easy for remembrance. Is there anyone who will remember it? 54.17 Soul is like a horseman and the body is like a horse. The blindness of the horseman is more serious and harmful than that of the horse. The power of intellect, internal insight is more than that of external sight. Thus God said, His soul fulfilled not what he saw. 53.18 And thus I showed Ibrahim the kingdom of the heavens and the earth. 6.75 The opposite of inner sight and insight is blindness. God says, It is not the eyes that are blind, but the souls which are in their breasts. 22.45 God says, he who is blind in the world will also be blind in the hereafter. These secrets were revealed to the Prophet, some through insight and some through sight, and, and both were called sight. 
he shows insight is not ripe, acquired nothing but husk of religion. These attributes are called intellect. Intellectual disparity of men. As the land are of several kinds, so there is disparity of intellect in different individuals by instinct. This disparity of intellect is in different individuals is also understood from tradition. Abdullah bin Salam narrated that the Prophet at the end of a long sermon described the throne and stated that angels asked God, O God, have you created anything greater than the throne? He said, Yes, intellect. They asked, How great is it? He said, Alas, your intellect cannot grasp it. Can you count the number of sands? They said, No. God said, I have created intellect in different minds as numerous as sands. Some men have been given more, given one grain, some two, some three, some four, and some over one five, some one six, and some more. This disparity of intellect is found in all its meanings as described above, except the second, namely axiomatic knowledge such as a thing that two is greater than one, that an object cannot remain in two places at the same time, and that thing cannot be both eternal and originated. Intellect, with reference to three other meanings, is subject to disparity. With regards to the fourth meaning of intellect, namely controlling power, disparity of men is clear and evident. For instance, the power to control appetite and sexual passion is different in different people, even if it is different in the same individual at different stages of life. A wise man will be able to overcome appetite more easily than an ignorant and an illiterate man. A young man may fail to overcome sexual appetite, but when he grow, grows old, he is able to do it. The disparity is also due to differences in knowledge of a subject, thus a man having special knowledge of medicine may refrain from other harmful foods while a layman fails to do so simply because he lacks medical knowledge. Similarly, a learned man is more competent to give up sin than an ignorant man. Jazakallah khair, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.